we've already seen, innovation is a journey. It's a journey that moves from an idea to something which creates and captures value from that idea. And we've also seen that it's very rarely a nice, simple, straight line kind of journey. What actually happens is a winding, twisting road. All sorts of things might happen on the way. And we've got an idea, at least, about the different stages involved in making this journey. It begins with searching, looking for the opportunities for innovation. It then involves some degree of selection. What are we going to do and why? Obviously, then we have to do it to create the reality from our idea. And we have to try and create and capture the value from it. And very importantly, nobody's perfect at this. So there's an opportunity at the end of that process, even if we failed, to learn so that next time we make the journey, we can be better equipped. So this is a very simple map of the innovation journey. But of course, to make a journey, we need some vehicle, some kind of vessel to help us take us along the journey. So let's stay with the analogy here of a ship. A ship moving from port across the sea to land somewhere else and create value. Fine. But of course, it's not just a matter of sailing our ship on a nice, simple, calm ocean. As we know, the wind could get up, the waves could get rough, we might find ourselves in the middle of a violent storm, we might get blown right off course and have to find our way back again by hook or by crook. So there's a difficult journey and eventually we've got to have a ship that's capable of getting us through all of that and landing us safe in port on the other side of our journey where we can capture and create value. Now the really smart ship's captain of course says, well that's not it. I'm now going to put my ship into dry dock and refit her, get her ready for the next voyage, repair the sails, make some improvements, scrape the barnacles, prepare so that the next voyage is even more successful. So there's a learning and a building of capability angle to all of this. And it's the same with innovation. What we're looking to do is to create vehicles, create ways of making the journey which can carry us repeatedly from idea to value. And one of the things we've learned is that there are several things which can make or break the voyage. Three stand out in particular. The first is strategy and navigation. If you don't know where you're going, you'll probably end up somewhere else. So we need skills around strategy and navigation, being able to set a course, and as we go through the uncertainty of the journey, being able to adapt. Any ship is about people. It's not simply a vessel. It's also about a captain and crew. And in innovation terms, what we're really talking about here, of course, is leadership, direction, and the creativity and the cooperation and the enthusiasm of people to make it happen. And we've also learned increasingly how much innovation is a multiplayer game. Just like in making a voyage, it's not a solo act. We depend on a network of resources to help us create our value. So it is with innovation. So let's just break those down a little bit more. On the strategy and navigation side, essentially one of the most important things we can do is choose the destination. Not just randomly look around the map, but actually choose what we're going to do and then plan the journey, plot the course, chart where we're going to go, make sure we have some idea at least of how we're going to get there, but also making sure that it's the kind of journey that our ship is capable of. 
not simply saying we're going to travel to the other side of the world on a rowing boat, but making sure we've got the right vessel for the job in hand. It's unexpected. Innovation is all about uncertainty, just like a long sea voyage is going to be full of surprises. So we need a capacity not just to set a course, but to adjust and correct for unexpected changes. And we need the ability to refit, to learn lessons for next time so that we can develop our capabilities. And this is very true around innovation. Maybe you might get lucky once. But the successful innovators are those who do this again and again. They keep making the journey and each time they learn lessons to make the next voyage a little more successful. Let's think of some examples to put this into perspective. A company like Google, once upon a time, a startup with a bright idea. But these days this huge global corporation with many, many different innovation projects taking place at the same time. What's clear about Google is that there's a strategy behind this. This is not simply random ideas to value. This is carefully planned. Very recently, they split the company to focus on different kinds of projects, the mainstream, and then many wilder, more interesting experiments about creating the radical future, but essentially a strategic approach. Very different business, Toyota, the car and vehicle builder, been doing this for a long time, but Toyota again have many, many projects. In their world, everybody is an innovator. Every single member of the workforce is working on an innovation project of some kind. Now, these are not happening randomly. They are all aligned. The sense of all sailing together in the same direction. Strategy. And of course, in any startup, the real challenge is we've got very scarce resources. We've got a little money, a little time, we're dependent on so much. If we're not careful, if we don't have a clear strategy, the chances are we'll fail. So we need this innovation strategy at the heart of any of the voyages we're going to make. Let's take the second of these influences, leadership and organisation. Just like on a ship, we need a captain and a crew. They can make all the difference, even if the vessel itself is only mediocre. It's the same with innovation. It's all about people and it's about trying to harness their knowledge and creativity to create value. It's not going to happen by accident. It requires us to create a culture of innovation. Now this word culture we'll come back to, but essentially what it means is the way we do things around here in our organization. It's how we think and importantly, how we behave. Creating the kind of organisation where people can be creative, where they can share knowledge, where they can take risks, all of this matters. And of course, that very much depends on the tone set by the leadership. So the analogy here to the captain of the vessel, very important. Innovation leadership is particularly about something we could call entrepreneurial responsibility. That's a two-way street. We're wanting to have from everyone in our organisation the sense that we have a responsibility to innovate, to bring our creativity and our knowledge to bear. But if we're good leaders, we have to make sure we create the context in which that happens. So our entrepreneurial responsibility is to create the space within which people can innovate. Innovation leaders are very much those concerned with direction, where are we going, with vision, with stretching and risk-taking and making sure all the different activities in the organisation align to support innovation. Once again, some examples. Back to Google. Its success as an innovative organisation 
isn't accidental. From the very recruitment policies they operate, which stress diversity, so they're trying to keep different perspectives coming into the organization, through to the many different ways they organize innovation projects. Giving engineers 20% of experimental time to play around with ideas. Doing other things which bring people together on projects which push the frontiers. Toyota, a very different kind of organization, but one that is famous not least for the policies they have around Kaizen, a Japanese word which means small incremental improvements. Do what we do better, innovation. But the expectation in Toyota is that everybody in that organization contributes. And so every year they get millions of suggestions, millions of small ideas for incremental innovations, and they implement the vast majority. This is a really successful organization, not by accident, but by the work and the effort of its people, all of whom act as innovators, given a strategic guiding framework within which to do so. 3M, another company well over 100 years old, and a company which all along, even though it's been responsible for many breakthrough innovations in its life, one that recognizes this doesn't happen by accident. People need to be allowed to make mistakes. People need the ability to be entrepreneurs inside the organization. And the company has worked very hard for many, many years to create structures and policies to enable people to be innovative. And Pixar, when you watch the movies, wonderful movies from Toy Story onwards, Pixar has a tremendous and enviable record for innovation in the film industry. And that's a highly competitive industry. Again, not by accident, they've done a lot of reflection on the importance of experimentation, of playing and allowing people to make mistakes. You could argue theirs is an innovation culture which is rooted in failure, not stupid failure, intelligent failure. One which allows people to experiment and play because that's the essence of creativity and that, harnessed and aligned, managed in an effective way, delivers a steady stream of value-creating innovations. And I'll start up again. It's hugely about the people we can organize, the people we can mobilize, their ideas, their energy, their passion. If we can't create the kind of organization in our startup which mobilizes people, we're unlikely to succeed. Our third area, networks. Essentially, this is all about the realization that innovation is a multiplayer game. As the chairman of Sun Microsystems, Bill Joy, once said very famously, any organization these days has to recognize, not all the smart guys work for us. And of course, as soon as you say that, it's about building connections, extending your networks of knowledge and capability outside the organization. These days we have a label for that, it's called open innovation. We'll come back and look at that. But essentially, the key to open innovation is making connections. So a lot of our skills, a lot of our capabilities in organizations are going to be around finding partners, making new connections, forming relationships, and getting those to perform. Success is a multiplayer game, and it's managed at the network level. Again, some examples. 3M not just its policies around people and the way creativity works inside the organization, but hugely an organization that recognizes the value of networking. 
It's a global corporation. It has inside the organization many mechanisms to create networks, communities of practice, and many other opportunities to connect with experts outside, essentially managing rich knowledge networks. Toyota, not least, although it's famous very much for its human resources policies around Kaizen, one of the other things that Toyota is famous for is its supplier network. For a very long time, its advantage has come not from being a great car maker itself, but by running a very effective network. Collaborators, experts, lots of creative energies harnessed and aligned and managed as a network. Here's another example, perhaps less well known than 3M or Toyota. This is an example of a company working in the humanitarian space. When we have a disaster, natural or man-made, one of the challenges, of course, is innovation. We need to solve problems and we need to do so fast. Field Ready have a very interesting approach. When you have a hospital that's been smashed to pieces and half the equipment's broken, or you can't give people clean drinking water because the pumps are broken, you need spare parts, you need engineered solutions, fast. Field Ready take 3D printing technology to the site of disasters, which is a great idea but with one challenge. 3D printing is not just the machine that prints the final part. It needs the design knowledge to create that part. And having the people available to do that design when the challenges are very uncertain, very new, it will be impossible even for a large organization to deliver that capability. What Field Ready do is to mobilize a network, a rich network of volunteer designers. It crowdsources the design challenge. What that means is the front end of its innovation process is very much drawing out from many different people. It's managing an innovation network. And once again, back to our startup, it's all about networking. What we know about successful entrepreneurs is that they beg, borrow, steal. They run very rich, very clever networks, drawing together that resource rather than trying to do it all themselves. Networking matters. So, making the journey of innovation, it's not an accident. We know we have to go through key stages of search, select, implement, and creating and capturing the value. We know also that it's hugely affected by having a strategy, by having that navigation capability to guide even in uncertain waters. And we know it's hugely influenced by leadership, by having an innovative organization and by building rich, extensive networks. Above all, it's about learning and building this capability over time. So let's briefly summarize where we've been. Innovation is a journey with multiple stages and we need a vehicle, some way of taking us on that journey. We've used the metaphor of a ship, but it doesn't really matter. You have to have some way of getting from here to there. Three things affect the performance of that vehicle. The first, strategy and navigation. The second, leadership and organization. And the third, extensive supporting networks. Above all, the key role of learning in building capabilities to do this better and better into the future.